0: Welcome to the Mountain Park Church Podcast. We're excited to share this week's message with you. Our mission is to allow God to work in and through us, and we'd love to hear your story of how God has been working in or through you. Email us at mystory@mp.church at and tell us how God has been working in and through you. We're gonna take communion together in a few minutes, and. I've just been reflecting um, about communion, and specifically, if you have your Bible with you um, and you can see in this light, good luck with that, but you can open it. You can open it and just pretend that you can see it and then just watch the screen behind me. But if you have it with you, I want you to turn in the New Testament to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 11. In this chapter, Paul is outlining sort of what communion is. And he goes into quite a bit of detail about some of the things that were happening in the church at the time that were actually taking away from the power of communion when they took it together. And I don't want to focus on the whole text, but um, what I want to start is in uh, 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23. And so this is Paul giving a description of what communion is Do this as often as you drink in remembrance of me. And then this is the verse that I just want to camp on for a minute. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. I've always read that, and and that verse has always kind of struck a real sort of reflective, somber tone in me. And I think for a lot of us, we read that verse, and it's a little bit depressing, actually, to read that verse, but this week as as I was just reflecting and meditating on that verse, I just felt like God saying, no, no, Andrew, you've cut this all wrong. Communion is not to be practiced with sorrow and grief. The death of Jesus was not something that should cause us to mourn today. The death of Christ is something that should cause us to celebrate with joy. You know, oftentimes we, we think of a verse like that and it's like, oh, we feel sorry for Jesus even. In some dysfunctional way, we feel like, oh, you know, it's too bad, uh, you know. But we don't, we don't remember and we fail to realize that what Paul is saying here, I believe, what he's saying here is that when you take communion, and you remember and mark the death of Christ, every time you do that, you put a stake in the ground that says what Jesus accomplished on the cross is a finished work. The power of sin and death has been removed and I have life and freedom and hope and salvation through the death of Christ. What he did for me is not just about reconciling my past, which it was, but it's about creating a future for my life that is under his control and under his power, and under his grace, and under his authority. So when we mark the death of Christ, it's not that we walk around moping with our head hanging low about it. It's that we actually say, no, no, no. Whatever is going on in my life in this moment, what's happening in my life in this season, if I feel overwhelmed and oppressed, if I feel like I'm in bondage, if I feel like there's no hope or escape, I know that the death of Jesus marked the end of the control of the devil and sin and destruction on this earth. That is what Paul is saying. When we take communion, it's to jog our memory, to remember, no. I'm not a slave to sin anymore, but I'm a conqueror through him who gave his life for me. I'm not my own, but I've been bought with a price. I am not subject to the very wish and desire of the devil over my life. He has come to rob and to kill and destroy, but Jesus came to bring life and life to the fullest. So when we take communion, we're not taking it with our heads hanging low in a somber attitude like we're at a funeral. We're taking it like we're at a celebration of victory because that's what Jesus did. His death marked the end of slavery to the devil and the beginning of a new life through the cross. Jesus, it is said about him in 1 John 3, 8, that he came to destroy the work of the devil. His mission, his mission in life was to destroy the influence and effect and the power that the devil had over humanity. His mission was not just to bring us back to an early Acts church. His mission was to bring us back to the garden where where God put us on this earth and said, walk in relationship and intimacy with me. Express my kingdom authority around you and be fruitful. Live lives that, that are actually exemplify the fruitfulness and the life that is found in me. Jesus came and he died to bring us back to that garden and those thousands of years of history of destruction and sin and death and depression and all of the things that, the, that come on the heels of the enemy's activity in our life in one moment through his death were vanquished. I was thinking the other day about a few years ago Um, I had the chance to go to Normandy and to do a little bit of work and some filming on the beaches, the D-Day beaches. And I actually just finished watching the first season of Band of Brothers, so this is fresh in my mind. But I had the chance to go to Omaha Beach where the Americans landed and to Juneau Beach where the Canadians landed. And the the feeling as you're driving through the countryside in Normandy, approaching these beaches is surreal. You're, You're standing in a geographic location where literally the history and the future of this world were decided. You're standing in a place where many, many, many thousands of men gave their lives for our freedom. There's this sense of... Humility that comes with walking along the beach, looking out across the channel, just imagining the ships filled with thousands and thousands of soldiers as they came across. On the ground everywhere were these sort of divots. It looked like a giant golf ball for giants. <laughs> just these huge divots. And I said to um one of the, the men that was working in the Canadian um, sort of interpretive center there, they have a, a museum there, I said, what are all these divots everywhere? I see them everywhere. And he said, that's where the Allies carpet bombed the whole coastline, but they missed where they were supposed to go. And the bombs landed a bit too far inland. And so when you look at these plateaus that that... Uh, soar out to these cliffs that drop into the English Channel. You, You see these divots that mark, they're the scars on the earth that mark the struggle for freedom. But when you meet the people of Normandy, as a Canadian, you're like a hero. You know, they're not talking about the scars on the earth. They're talking about the freedom for their families. They're talking about how they were liberated from tyranny and unjust rule. They're talking about what that meant for them in their lives. After that short little trip, we took a a flight over to Germany and we went to Berlin and then to Wittenberg where Martin Luther was from. And it's actually a bit of a funny story on the flight one of our guys who was capturing audio, he was young and single at the time, and so he was flirting with a German flight attendant, and he was talking to her for literally half the flights because he was so terrified of flying, he had to stand in the back galley, so he just kind of forced her into conversation. And so he's talking to her for a good half an hour, and he's totally flirting with her, and uh, she gets to a point in the conversation where she says, what are you here for? what were you guys doing? And he said, oh, we were in Normandy celebrating and just doing some video stories of what happened on D-Day and her face just totally changed. Her countenance changed. She completely shut down and literally walked away from him in mid-conversation. This same event that brought victory for the allies brought shame and defeat for the German people in part, not all of them. And it's so interesting, I feel like God is saying, this is a little bit how we look at the idea of communion and remembering the death of Christ. We, we kind of, we, we get confused and we get into this zone where we're remorseful and where we're, we're timid and, and Jesus is saying, look, What I did, don't feel sorry for me about. What I did was to give you life. And what looked like defeat on the cross was the final blow to death and sin and the power of the devil on the earth. And his invitation to us is to understand that what he's inviting us to when we take communion is not to just somberly reflect on our life and opine over our failures. He's inviting us to walk behind him as a victor. He's inviting us to step into the freedom that he already purchased. It's kind of like the Bible says that, um, that we are advocates for God on earth, we're, it's, it's sort of like we're ambassadors for God on earth and when you have an embassy on foreign soil, that embassy is a sovereign nation inside of a different nation. And I believe that's a picture of what God has actually invited us to, is to be sovereign, victorious, kingdom bringing nations on an earth that desperately needs hope and salvation and life he's not inviting you he's not inviting you to to squabble in the streets he's not inviting you to live this life of of defeat and poverty spiritually. He's inviting you to be an ambassador of his kingdom on the earth because where his kingdom is, his kingdom rule is found. His kingdom authority is found. And in the same way, an embassy carries the full authority of the nation that it represents. You carry the full authority of what Jesus did on the cross. Not so that you can just walk around in remorse and in guilt and in shame, but so you can walk in victory, extending the boundaries of that embassy wherever you go, bringing the hope and the life that it carries with it. There's few pet peeves that bug me more than this phrase that we all know. If you've gone to church for any more than you know 15 minutes, you've heard, "I'm just a sinner saved by grace." You're not. You've been bought with the free blood of Jesus. You're not who you once were. You're a card-carrying son or daughter of the King of Kings, an embassy-carrying, freedom-bringing son or daughter. You are not the sum total of all of your failures and defeats of all of your flaws. Jesus didn't come to just make you partly right. He came to fully renew you and reset you. Paul said it this way, I am no longer a slave to sin. I'm not anymore. So when we take communion, we remember the victory of Jesus. We remember that he did for us what no one else could do and that he, through his blood, shed on the cross and his body that was ripped to shreds through his torture and death on the cross has given us the opportunity to walk in life and freedom, to carry healing and hope and freedom and deliverance everywhere we we go. The question is, are we willing to do it? I want to read for you. I'm going to invite the worship team to come back up and those serving communion can get ready. I want to read for you a psalm from Psalm 105. Psalm 105 is just a brilliant sort of dissertation on the history of God and his plan for mankind. But I... I just stopped on this verse, verse 37, and as Jesus was taking that first communion with the disciples, as he was serving it to them, he was drawing to their remembrance. They were celebrating the Passover feast, which comes from the exodus of Israel out of Egypt. If you want to read about that, that's Exodus in the beginning of it somewhere, two, three, four, five, six. Read the whole book, it's good. Uh, So Jesus is bringing them back to this moment and he's drawing this correlation that his suffering and his death, the blood he would shed and the scarring and the bruising and the tearing of his flesh were actually for hope, for deliverance and for freedom. And he's bringing them back to that moment where God led this slave nation out of Egypt. And this one verse really caught my attention. Says this, then he brought out Israel, this is the writer of this Psalm 150, with silver and gold. We know that somehow God gave them favor that they basically just asked the Egyptians for stuff and the Egyptians gave it to them freely. But get this, and there were none among his tribes who stumbled. The original Hebrew for that word can also mean feeble. It actually means to have like a weak ankle. So this slave nation who were under the heavy, heavy oppressive hand of the Pharaoh, who doubled their work in anger against God, These men and women, this whole nation, after they had put the blood of the lamb on their doors, which gave them protection from death, they cooked a lamb and they ate it in the home. And there's this illusion here, this correlation between the strength that the body and the flesh of this lamb that was sacrificed for their benefit would give them in life. So much so that this nation of a million plus people, old people, young people, children, teenagers, that they left as slaves under the affliction of Pharaoh in strength and in health. And Jesus is inviting us to say today to receive the full benefit of what he did on the cross. He's inviting us to live in his health and in his strength, in his might and in his power. He's inviting us to ask him today for the strength we need to keep going, for the strength you need to face another day, for the strength you need for healing in your body and in your mind. He's inviting you today, not to come to this communion table with just remorse, And regret, but to come, going, Jesus, I accept and I receive everything you did for me. Your body was broken for my healing and for my life. There's strength that's found in the body of Jesus, and there's forgiveness of sin that's found in his blood. That's why we take communion, because it's a reminder of everything he did, and it's a reminder that he has paved the way for you to live in victory. Doesn't mean everything is blue skies and sunshine, but it means even when we walk through the shadow and the valley of death, we will fear no evil. Even when we're passing through hard times, somehow he'll give us the strength to just put one foot in front of the other. When we need healing in our bodies, It's there because of what he did on the cross. Isaiah said it's by his stripes we're healed. So today when we take communion, if you know Jesus today, you can take it in strength and in victory, thanking him for everything that he did for you. And I want to encourage you There's a verse that Paul goes on to say that we need to discern well the body of Christ. And I believe in part what that means is that we need to adequately understand that he's called us to a greater life in him. He hasn't called us to mope around with our head down in life, but he's called us to live in victory and to access the full measure of his blessing and his provision and his strength for you. We hope that you are challenged and inspired by what you heard today and that you're willing to allow God to work in and through your life in bigger ways this week. We'd love to stay connected with you on social media, facebook.com slash mountainparkchurch and instagram.com slash mountainparkchurch Finally, if you have a story of how God has been working in and through you we'd love to hear it Just email us at mystory@mp.church at and tell us how God has been working in your life lately